0: This last week, I received close to 30 emails, a number of phone calls, uh, got stopped as I was walking around uh, the Pumpkin Festival, just talking with people. Let me tell you something. This body has been rocked in this past week. Last week was a big week. Uh, if you missed it, get online and get a hold of that sermon. It's, it's just the start of what went down the Holy Spirit moving in this place as we were challenged with the Scripture. You know, the challenge was kind of what we went through in the, in the worship piece here. It was, what does it mean to spiritually breathe? What does it mean to have God's glory absolutely unveiled, pouring down upon you, radiating on you, changing you like never before? And how do I get there? Spiritually breathing. It's what literally is means to be filled. So we get done with last week and we're talking about how do I be transformed and how can I be filled and and I'm getting emails in saying things like I've never experienced something like this before or I've had so much baggage in the way and this was what helped me lay it down or, or I'm standing in a spot where I finally recognized what I need to give up or I'm typing right now with tears in my eyes or the Holy Spirit moving. And then it says in 2 Corinthians 3 that we were looking at last week. We will be transformed from one level of glory to another. From one level of glory to another. What it doesn't say is, and in that instant, you will be perfect from then on. What it does say is, one level of glory to another. And we all said, yeah, right. Uh, Really? Amen to that? Why isn't it just bam? Why doesn't it just change us, right? The answer is God's choosing to work with us and help us slowly release our will and slowly grab onto him and one level of glory to another. And the more we release, as the song just said, the more we empty of me, the more of him we get, the more of his glory is pouring on us, the more transforming is taking place. There is some cooperation between us and God. And that's what we're going to look at this week. Last week. Was God pouring out upon you? And this week is, so now what? Are you hearing it? Please hear the, so now what? What it's not is, so ignore last week. Here's a list of some things to start just doing on your own. It's not that. It's, so what do I do now that I've grasped the spiritual breathing and I'm filled and the Holy Spirit is pouring out? Now what do I do? That's where we're going today. How can I cooperate with the Holy Spirit on fire in me? Turn with me, if you will. To Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. It says 4 in the bulletin. That's my bad. Okay? I sent Laura the wrong numbers. So, it's Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. All right. Just to get started here, we're going to look at three things that we need to be doing this week to help cooperate with him. Please don't do this all on your own. Alright, that's like the little warning label, you know, Surgeon General recommends. Like, this is not to be done, just, hey, I'll just start doing this. It's last week first, be filled, spiritual breathing, then this, okay? We're going to start with the first point, which actually is just kind of a review statement from a prior sermon series. Spiritual warfare, fight right. How many of you were actually here for the Fight Right series? It was like last November, 2009, okay? So this is like nine, ten months ago. So we're going to take five weeks of sermon series and condense it into a few minutes here. So I'm going to have to talk really fast. So here's what we're doing. Fight Right. What we meant was, how do we approach this spiritual battle that's going on? If we're getting filled, I can tell you this, that's not making the enemy very happy. And so now what? Spiritual warfare. Fight Right. We broke it down like this. We battle the world, the flesh, and the devil. Three things we battle. The world, the flesh, and the devil. We got to break it down into three things because there really are three very different actions called for depending on where the struggle's at. Okay? So to fight right, it's battle the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world. What is that? It's this general landmines that have been set up by the evil one to trip us based on our general humanity and our typical weak spots. Kind of the idea of like, you know, pornography on the websites or whatever. It's not there to target one specific person. It's, hey, there's weak spots in humanity. This will help humanity trip into it. It's a giant landmine. And you or me, we might fall into it, okay? That's the world. It's, if you look at First John 2, the, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The, the things that look good, the things that feel good, the things that show me off. The landmines that look good, feel good, or show me off. Okay, that's the world. The devil, this is not a landmine attack. This is more like a sniper attack. Like he's an expert of who you are. He knows where your weak spots are. And he is specifically going after your Achilles heel. What's going to drop you where you stand? What's going to stop you from being passionate and energetic for the Almighty? He steps back and watches you spiritually breathe. He steps back and watches you begin to do this being filled, this understanding of the Holy Spirit, this grasping his power and basking in his glory, and he's just going to sit there? No. And so he's going to find some weak spots and try to bring you down. What's his tool? The lie. If I can get you thinking the wrong way, if I can get you misunderstanding, if I can get you miscommunicating, if I can get you hurt, if I can get you confused, I win. That's his game. Okay? Okay. So we have the general landmines of the world, what looks good, what feels good, what shows me off. We've got the lies coming at us to try to take us down. And then the last piece we're battling is the flesh. So it's the world, the devil, and the flesh. And the flesh is what's inside of you and me. Newsflash, these two things have no impact except that the flesh ends up falling. Are you hearing it? In the end, those are two external pressures. The internal failure is right here in the flesh. And the flesh is like my own personal hungers and lusts to just make me happy in the moment. Like, I'm willing to go against God on this. It's just kind of my lusts and hungers. What takes over in me? The flesh. Okay, so those are the three dark sides. What do we do with that? How do we fight right? If you go back and you look at the passages, and again, this is a five-week sermon series. I just wanted to touch on it today so we don't lose sight of it, okay? But battling the world, the answer is fence lines. So if you're going to write something down, just write, battle the world, fence lines. You've got to put up healthy fence lines. I'm going to stay away from the landmines. It's like, oh, there's a landmine, <sharp> fence line around it. Oh, another one, <sharp> no. right? So now you're walking along, and at least you're bumping into your own fence lines. You're not having to try to decide in the moment, is this a bad spot I should be in? It's like, I've already put a fence line up there. I'm not going there. That's how we battle the world. We just stay out of the danger spots. Okay? Fence lines. Battling the devil. Remember, his tool is the lie. So the tool that we use in battling is God's word. It's the truth. It's saying, it is written. I'm not claiming that. I want to tell you this week alone, I have said the phrase, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Like, at least four or five times. It's you start believing something, even a little bit of something. You start going down a path and all of a sudden it will train wreck you emotionally. What's the truth then? So it's claim what's the lie and then declare the truth. And if you don't know it, it's like, find a friend, find a Bible, find find a concordance, find anything you can, and start looking for the answer of what is true here. I need to be bringing the truth to bear against that lie. I'm killing the lie right where it stands. I'll claim what's true. When we're inhaling, All we're doing is learning promises and claiming promises. It's like building your strength for declaring truth. That's what's going on, okay? And then battling the flesh, it's flee. It's like get out of there, okay? So fence line, fight, and flee, okay? But you've got to decide when to do what. I'm telling you, anytime you're about ready to fall, it's flee time anytime I've got a weak spot that I'm ready to trip up and I'm feeling tempted, get out. Flee. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily flee the geographic location. You might need to flee in that you need to adjust the friendships you're hanging with. Or you might need to flee in that the attitude you're currently adopting is getting me nowhere. Or flee. Like, what do I need to let go of right here and right now to get away from this temptation? Flee. Like, I got to get out of here. So there's fighting. Remember, we're standing in against the devil. But When do we flee? It's as soon as I'm being tripped up, I'm gone. i got to get out of there. Here's the problem. Grow right. We talk about growing right. And all too often what we really do is we try to stand in there with Satan and fight. And then we don't know the difference and so we're standing in there in the middle of our flesh. And now when we're supposed to be running, we're trying to stand firm and we just fall. Fighting right. It's figuring out, is this a weak spot I'm going to trip in? Then I'm done. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says that God will absolutely provide a way to escape for you to get out of that. What is the way to escape? Find it, take it. Okay? So that's fight right. Here's my simple question for you. How are you doing with fence lines? Do you have any? Or are you like, that's an abstract thought. I'm not sure I've really done that. Maybe this week is time to sit down and say, what are some of my fence lines? What are some things I'm staying away from? Maybe even what are some people or areas I'm staying away from? What what are your fence lines? Keep you out of the landmines of the world. What are some promises in Scripture? If you're looking for some promises about God's character, this past week, just because of some of the influx of emails, uh, we put together a file. It's called Spiritual Breathing. Just some additional notes on Spiritual Breathing. Posted it underneath the message on the website. There's like a list of two pages long of just bullet promises of who God is, what about his character, and what scripture it came from. It's just an awesome set of promises. Get that paper. Like if you're looking for promises that you can start declaring, vision and view towards what's going on, get after that. That will really help you in battling Satan. And then the last is know yourself. Know your weaknesses. Decide when you need to flee. What's your biggest fall? Think of it right here, like, when do I typically fall? So how am I going to flee from that yeah and we all start making this kind of face, you know, Or, yeah that's a, yeah, that's a good one. That's where we have to go after, okay? It's battling the world, the flesh, and the devil, fight right. We got to start with that because I'm telling you. The first thing you're going to be doing is spiritually breathing. The first thing Satan wants to do is turn you into spiritually suffocating. Stop the breathing. Let's get the guilt up high. Let's get you stuck in sin. Let's get you off somewhere. It's time to start fighting right and protecting turf. Spiritually breathe, be filled, and then go after him. Okay? All right. So some of you have been here for the first time today. You're like, is this how we go through scripture? No. That was a summary of Five weeks of a sermon series last week, or last year. So now, Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. We're going to start going through that. You know, the ushers uh, can be coming forward. We've got Bibles. Did we already do that? Yeah. All right, we did that. So we've got Bibles in your hands. <laughs> We're ready to go. Uh, let's look at Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Let me just read this. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not spiritual food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This is one of those moments where we are like we got called down to the principal's office. For no real bad reason and we're just hanging out in the principal's office And and the little guy next to us is getting blitzed for something he did wrong You know what I mean? And this is one of those moments while you're sitting in the principal's office that you need to glean You know, like how did he get in trouble and what are they saying and how can I avoid it? Okay, that's what we're going through right now as we look at this The writer of hebrews is challenging the readers. There's some things you weren't doing correctly And I need you to get them right and so we're going to look at it and kind of go We're going to do that too, so we're not in that same spot, okay? That's how it's working. So Hebrews 5, verse 11. Let's just start right there. The point is, and point number two, spiritual nourishment. Allow the word to reveal God and his will. Allow the word to reveal God and his will. Spiritual nourishment. Allow the word to reveal God and his will. Here we go. It says, about this, we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. You know, whenever you see a pronoun like, about this, what are you talking about? Well, it's been defined before it, so we have to go back and look prior. He's actually talking for a little bit over a chapter in length there. It's about Jesus, the great and high priest. It's about him being higher than any other. It's about him actually higher than the order of Melchizedek, this guy who existed in the Old Testament as a priest. And Abraham came to him and ended up, Giving offerings to him. And he's saying, You need to know that these things are a little difficult to explain to you right now because you're dull of hearing. He says, Literally, the word dull, meaning it's kind of like there's a film over your eardrum. Like you're not seeming to grasp what I'm saying. And I think it's because it's like you can't even hear me. That's what he's saying. Can you hear me? The check is. Check this out you're dull and you're hearing now he says for though by this time you ought to be teachers Instead, you need someone to teach you You ought to be teachers. There's this should statement this, you know, you should have been growing by now It's been several years and 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 you're you're wrestling with the basics of life and 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 I should be able to go a little bit more aggressively with you and yet for some reason uh, No, it's not happening. Why not? What's missing? Well, I can tell you a big piece of what's missing is what we talked about last week. This idea of breathing deep of the awesomeness of God, of exhaling and trying to get yourself in alignment with him and then inhaling the greatness of who he is and just basking in his glory and saying, now where do you want to take me, God? And then going right there and that's not going to bring dull hearing. And instead, they kind of let the bricks form in the wall as you begin to build this you know, yeah, I've sinned, and I haven't asked for forgiveness, and then another brick, and then another brick in the wall, and then another brick in the wall, and just sort of this distancing and this coldness in the relationship between them and the Holy Spirit, and and now they're not being challenged or led, and they're not making adjustments, and they're not responding to the word, and it's like you've gone deaf, is what Paul's saying. All right. As we look at this in Russell, he says further, Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again of the basic principles of the oracles of God, of the basic principles. It's like we're all the way back to the beginning alphabet. Like I've got to go all the way back to just what does mercy and grace mean? I have to start explaining to you the basic simplicities of why Jesus Christ is here and what's going on. And we already went over this and you fully grasped it and and then you let it go. And you didn't look to strive further and you didn't look to kind of say lord press me now Where would you have me step next and and the beauty of this whole thing is Remember, it's happening to the guy next to you in the principal's office, right? Like you can sit there and you can gut check yourself privately and go am I there? How am I doing? And and you don't have to sweat the oh That is so i'm so busted like in this moment. The question is how are we doing with that? How are we doing with letting our ears be open to him? And responding to them. How are we doing with growing from one level of glory to the next? How are we doing with spiritually breathing more than once a week? Maybe even more than once a day we need to get after this. We've got to start breathing and let it be this regular in and out. As much as you're breathing physically, breathe spiritually. And as you do, the Holy Spirit just igniting in you is going to lead you to where you need to go. Where might I need to go? How might I do this growing? Yeah, he answers it next. He says, uh, You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. You need milk. He's saying, You know what? There's the milk of the word and there's the meat of the word. And, and here's the great thing it's, it's like a buffet shop where you can go in and there's one whole table of milks and there's like another whole suite of tables of meats. You know what I mean? It's like the golden corral of scripture, you know, and like you get to walk in and like whatever you need and wherever you need to go and whatever needs, it's there for you and and go after it. And, and, you know, like we see in Peter, he says, Hey, long for the spiritual milk of the word, the pure spiritual milk of the word, hunger for it. Like a child who needs to grow. There is absolutely total celebration in this infant who is just sucking down a bottle of milk and going after it with all they have. You know what I mean? Have you ever heard an infant just sucking on a bottle as hard as they can to get, right? Like, that's what he's saying. Hunger for that thing. Go after it. There is, that is glorious to be sucking down the milk and the milk of the word. And then you come over to our house and I've got, you know, like my 21 year old friend who's hanging out for dinner with us. And all he orders for dinner is a bottle of milk warmed lightly to the touch. And he's sucking on that bottle and you're like, that's so sad, right? Right? That's what he's saying. He's saying, come on, let's grow up into this together. You wouldn't believe what you're missing. Let's dive into what the word of God has that can nourish us. I'm guaranteeing you that as the Holy Spirit fills you and just pours into you, I'm guaranteeing you, you will be led to the word. Hunger for the truth of who God is. Like just start going through with a marker. I mean, I use orange. And as you're going through and you find God stuff, just start highlighting it. There's nothing magical about orange. I just, but highlight it and just like God thing, God truth. Uh, that's a God statement. Uh, here's another one. And you just become this student of who God is and, and how he thinks and where he's moving and what he doesn't move in and why. And wow, are you starting to grow in your understanding of God. And you may choose other markers and other colors and other highlights. And that's great. Like the Holy Spirit saying, we need to learn in this area now. And now you're starting to go after it. And do that. Hunger to just be pouring over the word and say, Lord, what do you have to teach me? And please, don't start there. Start with the spiritual breathing. And then protecting yourself. Fighting right. And now move towards that spiritual nourishment as quick as you can. The Holy Spirit illuminating for you what you need to know and hear. You will be amazed what comes out. It says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, much like a six-month-old, unskilled in living life, right? That's what he's talking about. The skill comes in the maturing and in the food we can take in. Verse 14 says, but solid food is for the mature, the one who's grown from one level of glory to another. The solid food, it's for you and me As we move along, we're maturing. I wrote down a few things of what maturing means. might say it this way. It's increasing your vocabulary to understand what the Holy Spirit means. Did you know that? Like, as we become Christians, we actually have to learn the Holy Spirit's language and vocabulary. And it's right here in the Word. And we can start understanding what his goals are, and where he's headed, and why he's headed there, and what he's trying to speak to you about. And he's saying, I want you to be so on fire for the Lord, so get on fire for the Word. You will be amazed at, after your vocabulary lesson, and and after a little bit of understanding of discernment, how much you start getting vocabulary. You know what else it is? It's also an indicator of blind spots. Like when I mature, I start learning my blind spots better. You know what I'm talking about? You ever talk to that person where they're like, what are you talking about? I don't have a temper. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like blind spots, right? We all have them in some way, shape, or form. And, and we need to become more mature in like identifying where are mine? And how do I get that? I'm telling you, as you start getting into the word and you just start laying yourself out before the Holy Spirit and you're just saying, Lord, what do you have for me today? And where would you have me to go today? And what do you want me to know today? You'll be amazed at what he's doing and training you to be. You will basically understand his will and his way as a mature person. Those are a big deal, man. You're gaining vocabulary. You're, You're starting to see your blind spots. You're understanding his will and the way that he's moving. Wow. Mature. You start grasping onto the meat of the word as you move in. You know, I would strictly say this. We need to hunger and we need to desire. I mean, how long do we go? What, three hours? And we've just stuffed our face over at the pumpkin festival or wherever. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I could really go for another piece of pumpkin pie. you right. It's just a few hours and we're hungering physically. We need to be thinking that same way spiritually. Hunger and breathe. Spiritual nourishment, spiritual breathing it's everything to the growth process why in the world do we say read your bible and pray i mean let's let's just get down to it okay let's be honest we're not talking church ease like i don't know i heard it when i was growing up so now i'm telling you you know like that's not what it is It's i'm telling you it increases your vocabulary I'm telling you you will get to know your blind spots like never before i'm telling you You will begin to learn the ways and the will of god in an unbelievable fashion And as you begin to seek to continue to exhale in a better and better fashion all of a sudden you're going I get it This this passage has come to life for me. And and that's why we're reading His living and active word That's why we're going into the word Spiritually nourish with all you've got. Get filled with the Spirit. Please don't just try to go after this. I'm telling you, every day you get up, you're going to have this challenge of, well, maybe I'll just start reading. And and at first it may even work. And then you slowly start drifting and you get these walls built between you and the Lord. And all of a sudden you're back to kind of a veiled glory before him. And please spiritually breathe regularly. And then seek for him in the word and what he's got for you. Okay. Question, when are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Make a little bit of a plan. Even right here, like, I think I could. Where are you going to go after the spiritual nourishment at? Is it a morning thing? Is it a, maybe it's at a break during work? or Maybe you're a nighttime person and you need to do it. It can often be rough, but that's who you want to be. Give it a shot. Be careful. Breathe throughout the day. Look for that intake throughout the day somewhere. Go after them. Spiritually nourish. Okay. Point number three. Spiritual exercise. Train yourself unto godliness through constant practice of the word. Train yourself unto godliness through constant practice of the word. Here's where I'm pulling it from. The end of verse 14 there. It says, For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice... To distinguish good from evil. It says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Let me read it again. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Very simple piece here. Okay, first of all, the word trained. Trained. When we hear that word, what does it mean? Trained. You're thinking of an image? I just wrote down here, it means to gain control in an environment that's controlled. Think about that. Trained. It doesn't mean go to a spot where there's absolutely no guarantee. You might get overrun. We're not sure how it's going to work out. Is that really training? Training. Training it's like in a in a controlled environment where we know what's going on We're going to begin to exercise certain muscles and go after growth Training be trained. It doesn't mean be abused in the world It doesn't mean well good luck, you know, hope it goes well for you today And now you go out and like there's no control elements and you're just getting ripped apart in the world and wow How'd you do growing today? Like that's not the christian walk It means getting ourselves into controlled By God controlled environments and growing by exercising spiritual muscle. Notice what comes of it. It says, trained. It says, there's power of discernment. Power of discernment that comes, okay? Power of discernment. I wrote a couple things down about what it can mean. It's your ability to recognize, duh, right? It's your ability to see as God sees. Like, what a prayer. God, just help me see as you see that's where blind spots go away. Lord, help me see what needs to go. Lord, help me see what you're working on. What's your next step in my life? Help me see as you see. May I understand your ways and your will in this. Lord, may I be in alignment with you. It's maybe even recognizing when you're not filled with the Spirit. I mean, I got to tell you, this past week, my goal was to say, I'm spiritually breathing as much as I can, whenever I can, wherever I can. Let's go after this. And it got to a point where I could tell you, I could feel things starting to well up, an event would come up, a situation, and I could feel this angst or whatever, and I'd go, yeah, pretty much not filled right now. I I can feel it starting to subside, and it's becoming more about me, and time to step away. Lord, please, what is it in me that got in the way? I don't even know. Can you help me get in alignment with you? Lord, please forgive me for any of me that's in the way. What can go? Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See, if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, it's I'm here and I'm exhaling. And now it's not, and I'm so horrible, and, and I just end there. It's just about me. And I, See, I'm still about me when I'm doing that, right? If, if all you do is confess, it's still me world. It's just me bad world now, right? Like, that's not what it's about. It's about, and now I'm done with that. I've laid it at your feet. It's about you, good. You're awesome. I'm soaking you in, Lord. And we realign. The power of discernment helps you understand when you need to do that. Maturity brings you along and being able to say, I haven't taken a breath in a few strokes or walks or whatever. Can you imagine a swimmer who's swimming across and they swim like one lap and two? Do you have to stay to them? Breathe! Like, do you have to do that? They just come up and gasp for air, right? Like, they know. Now's the time. And they come up and they get it. And they go back in. And it's get some power of discernment. When and how and where do I need to come before the Lord? Get some stuff clean. Keep close to Him. As Steve was praying in the beginning there, to just keep our relationship absolutely tight with the Almighty. Power of discernment. And then he says at the end here, Trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Constant practice. Not trained like as in I went running once and so now I'm ready to run a marathon. It's more like I'm regularly, constantly going over this effort and effort and effort. Lord, I want to improve. Help these muscles to get strong in the areas they should and help the flesh in me to atrophy. May I just constantly be practicing what you want done, Lord. And again, just to say it again, always after, be filled. Please don't keep going after this stuff. Just, it just becomes fleshly effort. It just becomes behavior management. It's just me managing myself unless I say, Lord, it's all about you. Fill me. Control me. I'm giving you me. And then you go after what he's doing in your life. Notice he says at the end here, you'll distinguish good from evil distinguish good from evil like you know you'll be able to say that's bad that's good that's distinguishing but it means more than that it also means that's bad and I'm going nowhere near it you hear the difference distinguish like I now know to put fence lines up around that or or distinguish like I know that that's in me flesh and I need to flee it or distinguish like no going there I'm done with it it's not distinguish like good bad now that I've identified, I'll go do whatever I want. Like, that's not what it means. It means literally, I'm now directed in where I should head. Distinguishing good from evil. The Holy Spirit at work in you, changing you, transforming you, guiding you. Your powers of discernment increasing as you grow from one level of glory to another. Can you hear how it all works together? It's him transforming, it's him radiating, it's you cooperating and letting go and and grabbing on to stuff about him, and that's what it's about. That's how we actually grow right. You know, um, three workout rooms, we talked about training, and what it means to be in a controlled environment. Three workout rooms God uses for us. First workout room, trials. You know? Those things that often bring pain. Sometimes they don't. They're just stressors, troubles, trials. It's uh, literally those things that we're involved in that uh, are allowed by God to help grow our character. Trials. That's one of the workout rooms that we go to work in. Sadly, I mean, we see it in James chapter 1, right? It says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It's like, count it all joy when you found your workout room. Right? That's why we're counting it joy. Hey, praise God, He's at work. He's growing me. And then it says right after it that we're going to be made perfect and complete. We're going to be like this. We're going to have patience put on. We're going to be growing in Him. Thank you for showing me my workout facility. Okay? That's what it's like. Trials. That's one. Another one that we're working out in. Circumstances could be like consequences. You know? And the difference between a trial and a consequence is massive. One's issued by God. The other is just sovereignly managed by God, but it's all my fault, right? Consequences, like I've stepped into sin and it's blowing me up and the consequences of this world are leading me down a path where, and the job under both of those is to remain under, trials and and consequences, remain under. It's God being able to manage both, consequences, really, they're like, they're your gig. You brought it on with sin and we need to say, Lord, how do you want to train me out of it? It's kind of the the smack on the hand equivalent of get me done with what got me here. Consequences. But trials are also to remain under. Those are things, God issues, that are just the tough things of life. Two workout rooms we can be in. You know, there's a third workout room. Temptations. And this is the workout room where you need to learn to just drop it and run. Like, there's only one exercise in the temptation room. It's like, bam, and you're out of here. Okay, like welcome to the temptation room. I'm trying to teach you to let go of it, right? And we're told in 1 Corinthians that God definitely makes a way to escape that you can bear it. So your job in the temptation room is to learn to say, not going to be there, see ya. That's the temptation workout. It's like abstain. It's like starve the flesh. It's like we're done with that hunger. I'm gone. Those are your workout rooms. Trials, consequences, temptations. And they're training you. They're helping you to mature. As the holy spirit is in your life and his word is pouring over you Those are your workout rooms Okay Let's throw a slide up here spiritual exercises. So what do I do in those workout rooms? A lot of times we're kind of questioning like i'm really not sure what to do So here's some things you can do to do some training If you want to say it this way, we're going to break it into engage and abstain. So engage Here's some things I can do to start training my spiritual muscles to get strong engage. How do I feed the spirit? Okay, first one Worship. Like, celebrate his greatness. That's a part of the inhaling. It's like just learn more good things about him. Constantly be saying, Lord, you are so awesome. You are so worth it. I so want to make this about you. You're amazing. Spend some time exercising your worship muscles. Your, I'm really able to constantly explore your greatness muscles. Okay? It's a big part of what we need to be doing. Next. Walk. Study and memorize His Word. Some of you are like, "Oh, I know where this is going now," <laughs> right? I didn't make these up. It's amazing. You actually go through like Richard Foster or Dallas Willard, His Spiritual Disciplines books. Uh, they have celebrate the dis- celebrate. It's one of the disciplines. Study and memorize the disciplines. Like I didn't make these up. This is ex- we didn't make up the four Ws. Did you know that? It's in Scripture. Okay. So walk, study and memorize His Word just this idea of pouring over his scripture and letting his word teach and train us. God, what do you have for me? Next, work. Serve in the church. Like the spiritual discipline of service that's talked about. Lord, how can I put others before me and help me in the midst of that to be learning how to love in your way? Submitting myself to you. This is an amazing opportunity to begin to shake some of me serving. Did you know that we can really wrestle as we come into a church where we just start making it about us. Buffet shopping, Christian style, right? Well, I go to this church for this and this and this. Actually, I also go to that church for that and that and that. And I take this over here. Really, what are you doing to like just stretch yourself? And, yeah, I don't do that. Like, that's like saying, what do you do at the Golden Corral to exercise? Dude, I just lift the food to my, right? That, that's, we start thinking that way. But let me tell you something. This place is meant to be more than that. God talks about the church being a place where we should be growing. And one of the ways we grow is we submit ourselves to one another. And it's not always just about, is it good for me to get this? It's also about, is it, what about the person next to me? And how can I be a help there? And is there anything I could be doing to be available for you? That's a big part. Serving, working inside the church. And the next one, witness. Just getting outside and sharing your faith. What's God doing in your life? And just share it. Just sharing a little bit of a story of what's going on and how that's impacted you You know, we got a lot of people this past week who have been rocked by what the holy spirit's doing in their life Just be praying for god to give you a spot to share that with a friend or a family member And then just be willing to step out when it comes and you'll know when it comes they're like so anything new in your life Okay, I hear you god, right or or, hey, how, how are things going? You seem like you're pretty happy and upbeat this week. Things going pretty well like These are nice entry points to just say, hey, I'd love to tell you about a couple of things going on. You got a second? And just share a little bit about what God's doing in you. These four W's, you know, we talk about them as a complete disciple, as our goal for headed towards something of perfect and maturity. But let me tell you something. We get there by exercising it on a continuous basis and growing in it from one level of glory to another. Worship, walk, work, and witness. Just going after the four W's. And then a fifth one. Put on. You know, Ephesians 4, Colossians 3 talks about put off and put on. And I got to tell you, there's some out there that are teaching, like, all you do is just put off and put on, right? So like, hey, I'm struggling with a problem. Don't do that, right? No, that's really helpful biblical advice. Why am I doing it? Why am I even hungering for it? How do I stop hungering for it? How do I gain this growth of, right? This is, it comes last. If you've got these four W's cranking in your life, if you've got the Holy Spirit pouring through you, put on Clothe with godly character. Like what's the area you're struggling with and God, what's the opposite of that that's all about you? Help me just put that on. Look for clothing yourself that way. This is a big time moment for you to sit down in your week and say, what's my spiritual exercise plan look like? Well, I'll I'll try to worship by singing some songs once on Sunday morning for 20 minutes. I'll hear a little bit of the word there. Eh, Maybe I'll be there once every other week or so definitely not serving, sharing, you've got to be kidding, put on, I don't even know what that means. That will create a frustration in your walk. That's the best I can say. You want no frustration? You want to be able to see God breaking through barriers you've never seen before? You want to see his radiating glory absolutely leaving you stunned as you're changing? It's like, Lord, how can I cooperate with you? Just help me unleash you in my world. And, and be practical. Like we all have, you have jobs and you have family and it's not like I'm going to go off to Tibet and I'm going to sing worship songs every day, 20 hours a day. And like, that's not what we're talking about. Like God's a God of reality. He knows you have stuff going on in your life. And he's saying in the midst, let's walk together. He's saying, let's walk through this together. And as you see things and are struggling with things, let's just talk and welcome to worship and walk. He's saying, let's do life together. And these W's pouring through you throughout the week as you're continually spiritually breathing. It's how do I cooperate with him in a real way? He's going to rock your world. I'm telling you, you're going to be stunned at the breakthroughs. That's the engaging and a few things you can do to abstain. Did you know that you can do some abstaining? We actually have to starve the flesh. It's sad. But what we're going to do is we're going to work the spiritual muscles and we're going to starve the fleshly muscles, okay? So the first one is to put off. That means like, hey, there's some things I'm doing wrong that need to go. I'm, I'm blowing my stack. I'm, I'm thinking critically of other people. I'm Whatever it is, like, Lord, it has to stop. And I want to work on stopping it. Help me to learn how to do that. I'm going to call it out. I'm saying, Lord, I want to stop this this week. It's functional. Like, I will starve that muscle. It's not going to do well. It's going to atrophy. Lord, help me with your power to do this. And the next is the fasting. You know, this is like, I'm just going to teach my flesh a little bit about how it's not about me. And I'm going to take some time where I would normally eat food, and I'm not going to eat food. And at that time, I'm going to be praying, and I'm going to be bringing some things to him. Fasting, what it doesn't mean is, I gave up uh, on eating today so that I could run around and be psycho busy at work and lose my temper 15 times. Like, that's not fasting, okay? Fasting is like, Lord, how can I turn this into a way where you're shaping my spirit? How can I replace those times where I would have eaten with some time with you? And how can you rock my world as I learn to abstain from some of my fleshly feeds to go after you more and more? This is a time thing. You have to do it at right times and right places. And maybe it's when a big thing is going on in your life or you're trying to get some breakthrough in an area and you're just not experiencing it and whatever. It's, Lord, lead me. How do you want this done? And then the last one is going through silence and solitude. It's just taking some little bit of quiet time here and there in your busy day. I mean, I know about busy. I I think I drove my daughter like 42 miles yesterday, and we were in Morton the whole day. "Ah, How did that happen? We're, We're running all over the place, doing things and dropping off. I get what happens, and in the midst, you have to really take some time to just breathe deep. Okay? Exercise. We need a plan. You've got to pick it out. I'm telling you, the four W's and then the put off, put on is a huge starting point. And then where do we go from there with some fasting elements and, and uh, some silence and solitude? It's just a great starting point for cooperation. You know, I was talking to my wife. She, uh, she and I were talking yesterday about the run. She, she did the Pumpkin Festival run uh, along with, what, a thousand others? Is that right, Darren? Something like that? And uh I was talking to her and she said, You know, it's weird because for the longest time as I was running to practice, I would think, I'm not a runner. I'm faking it and I'm making myself run. And, and I'm not getting very far, but I'm getting better. And and that was like years of trial and whatever. And and now she's running and things in a ten K and a triathlon and whatever, and 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 she's starting to feel like I'm kind of a runner. You know, like I'm like that's and and then those of us who like you know, ran to the car to get something and came back or like, oh man, I'm like, I'm done. You know, I'm winded. I ran a block and, uh, and you know, and she's going, yeah, I think I feel like a runner now. Well, that's a lot like our Christian walk, you know, in the beginning, as you try different things and you're wrestling with different things and you're saying, Lord, be filling me. and, And it's about your power at work in me. And none of what I'm doing here is about changing me. It's just about making me available. My will cooperating with yours, just unleash in me your power. Lord, I want to be with you. Just help me be aligned with you. And I'm going after you with all I got. It's about him and his promise to work in you and perfect in you before all eternity. It's about, Lord, I know you are promising to call me. You are promising to justify me. You're promising to sanctify me. You're promising glory for me. You're at work in me. It's as good good as done. That's what it's about. You know, in the Hebrew, when something was as good as done, they would use the present tense. What we would call the perfect tense for Hebrew. And what it meant was, hey, it's not done yet, but it's as good as done. It's like, you know, have you washed the car? It's done tomorrow at 2. You hear it? Like, it's done. God is at work in you. And he has a plan for you. And he's got hope unbelievable. And he's got glory almighty to be raining down upon you. The work, it's done. Now it's just, God, how do you want me to cooperate along the way? If we walk away from here feeling the burden of the training, we've missed it. The burden is all his. It's just, it's done. Lord, help me put myself in your hands. What do you want me doing to get a little bit of the exercise going? I feel like I'm faking it right now, but one day I'm going to feel like a runner. Here we go. It's done because you've promised it. Lay yourself in his hands and just say, Lord, help me grow right. And watch him change you from one level of glory to another. It's an amazing opportunity.